Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, head of growth here at Powered by Search. And each week we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing. Today I'm joined by Justin and Pedro. Want to say hi, guys? Tell us what you do. Hey, everyone. I'm Justin. I am a senior paid media strategist at Powered by Search, which means I kind of handle the day-to-day in-the-trenches work and client-facing stuff for my portfolio on the paid media side. All right. I'm Pedro. Hi, I'm Pedro. I'm a senior SEO strategist, so I take care of all the organic things around the website here in PBS. All right. Organic organic things. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, nice one. So in technical terms. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the industry term for uh, for what Pedro does, organic things. So we're gonna be uh taking the marketing of a B2B SaaS today and we're gonna be checking out how they do demand gen, how they do paid media, and how they do SEO. Before we dive into the episode, I want to give you some context around Aurum. Aurum is an autodialer tool for inside a sales team to automate the parts of their outbound calling that are laborious or boring. They started up in 2018 in San Francisco and just raised a series A of around $25 million. Now, like the majority of companies we're gonna talk about on insider marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. On that basis, I'm willing to bet that there are about $6 million ARR, although I wouldn't be too surprised if it was actually more in the region of 10 million. Now they've got a marketing team of just one, I think, and about 42 people overall at the company. And unsurprisingly, their sales team is bigger than marketing at around eight people. Now we're gonna share strategy ideas for demand gen, SEO, and PPC with Pedro and Justin from the team here at Powered by Search. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Today, our show is about Aurum. Either of you ever done an outbound calling before? Yes. More times than I can probably count. <laughs> it's um, it's quite a job. I've done it also. Uh, and man, I, uh, I definitely don't envy people who do this for their living all the time. But hopefully Aurum is helping out with that somehow. All right, so we're going to dive in here, and where we're going to start is we're going to start today with paid media. So Justin, take us away. How are I'm doing in paid media terms? Yeah, so I took a dive into what I could see on the paid media side as far as what's going on, and it seems like there might be a lot of untapped opportunity. Uh, for example, you know, some of these tools like SEM Rush can't give you the first person perspective that actually being in someone's platform can, but it's usually a good indicator when you're not seeing any kind of paid traffic. It usually indicates that there's not much running on platforms like Google search or Bing or anything of that nature. I didn't see anything running on LinkedIn or Facebook either. So to me, it looks like paid media might be kind of overall ignored, which surprises me because seems like they've got an excellent product and sales, sales automation, it's a huge niche. There's a ton of communities everywhere. And while it can get competitive, especially from an auction standpoint on Google search, there's a lot of cost-effective ways to tap into that. So it seems like there's not actually a whole lot of paid media architecture there from the dives that I've done so far. 
And we should just say as well, picking up on what Justin said at the top of that, that obviously we don't have access to RM's actual data. So there's a certain amount that we can do, and there's a certain amount that we have to make inferences and guesses about. When I have come across companies in the past that don't do paid media, it's often because there's no budget for that. But I don't know if that's the case for RM because they raised $29 million of funding in well, this year, well, 25 this year, Series A, led by Kraft. And so, yeah, that's really interesting to me. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I typically see one of a few things happening when I see a company with obviously a sizable revenue stream or budget like that and very little paid media presence. One is, like you mentioned, budget, but it's usually not that they don't have money to spend. It's usually, I think, tied to some other things, you know, sometimes there's a capacity or a know-how issue that means no one on the team actually has the strategic background to go and do it or someone's done it in the past and it hasn't worked. And so the budget comes into play because it's more of a situation where a lot of companies seem not to think that that's where the ROI is rather than not having the dollar amount to actually spend on something like marketing. Maybe traditional media podcast commercials, whatever else has worked well, whereas someone launched a Google ads or a Facebook ads campaign in the past, maybe didn't do it right, or it's not, you know, really in the cards for team capacity to manage it. And it's just not seen as a high ROI type of endeavor for them. And I think that tends to be the root of the problem when you start seeing something like that. I kind of wondered whether the main investment in growing this company was actually in outbound uh, sales, right? <laughs> Which would actually make a lot of sense. Because Pedro, I think like in terms of SEO as well, there's, there's probably an organic, there's probably a lot of opportunities here as well. Yes, definitely. I can see the same vibe here when I look at the SEO. They are probably focusing a lot on their own platform, the sales they have already done, and they aren't looking so much into bringing more traffic. For example, they only have three blog posts so far, and not even them are optimized. The same goes for the, the whole website. They don't have a proper structure to handle the traffic, the questions higher might have when they, they, they got into a SaaS website. And what's interesting to me here as well is that they're still seeing huge revenue growth. So RM experienced a 380% increase in ARR since raising a seed in 2020. Now, they're not much older than that. How old are they? We're looking at we're looking somewhere at 2018. So there's three years, but still 380% increases. Like it's always going to be pretty sizable, right? But look, we're talking about the opportunity here and what what we'd be recommending that they take a look at. So Justin, let's dive back into the paid media and take us away. Take us through what you'd suggest, what you'd want to look at. Yeah, I think you raise a good point. And I think that ultimately comes down to the fact that they're in a market with a big client pool and they've got a good product, right? And so there is an element of if you build it, they will come to an extent. So I'm not surprised that they've seen growth anyway, but to your point, I think a lot of the opportunities are for building upon that in spite of the fact that they're already seeing success and it's about avoiding plateaus. I think one thing that could really be improved even beyond paid media to just a general website conversion standpoint is their positioning. It seems like they've got a product market fit, but maybe a little bit of a disconnect between the message and the product. For example, especially in comparison to some of their competitors, they've got a great website, they've got a great UX and CRO experience, but the copy to me is where there's a lot of disconnect. 
you know, I've seen on a competitor site, for example, double your call volume without leaving the CRM, get the best calling platform for ambitious salespeople. This to me is it's compelling, it's catchy, it's emotional, but it still gets the value point across. Whereas like the hero section of the homepage, for example, mentions instant live customer conversations or crush your numbers. These are a little bit more broad. They don't speak as much to kind of the heavy hitting features. And one huge thing was that like instant live customer conversation positioning. When you Google search that, that comes up with like chatbots a lot. And that was the first thing that I thought of as well. I had to dig deeper to figure out what the software would be doing for me as someone in that customer persona. And I think that's something that's a little bit prevalent throughout their site that could drastically improve, especially their top and middle of funnel marketing. And actually, the positioning is is often the biggest area for improvement in a lot of companies that we deal with who have maybe built businesses to a good size on, you know, on outbound sales or, you know, maybe even on on one channel. But now they're looking to expand across many channels and also just really grow. Uh, I think you're totally right. I also had the same thought about the chatbots. It did feel kind of like that. So, look, it's thinking about that. How would you look at the paid media? Where would you where would you take that? They're in an interesting niche. It's that it's competitive and it's huge, which means that there's actually more opportunity on the sales channels and the marketing channels that are sometimes considered a bit of a wash, LinkedIn, Facebook. And the traditional wisdom of starting out immediately on Google search might be a little bit diminished. If you're getting this huge pool and all these competitors, your auction and your bids might be huge to get in front of that audience effectively. You need to do a deeper dive into the data and the keyword research to look at that. But point being, I think there's a lot you can take advantage of across all channels on this niche. You know, start with branded terms. I'd imagine that they've got a lot of search volume and their competitors have a lot of search volume. Start bidding on those because you've got the built-in demand and intent on those keywords. There's also a lot of ways to target sales-focused people, especially on LinkedIn, but on Facebook too. Again, it's a huge industry, so you don't run into the niche restrictions you get if maybe you're talking about an agricultural business. You know, it's not a huge pool. There's not a lot of people in that realm you can target or a lot of parameters. Whereas with sales executives, teams, outbound teams, there's a ton. And if you're paying for impressions and your product hits as hard as theirs does and you've got great features, it's cheap to get in front of people and get those impressions, retarget them later, and then, you know, even capture them with responsive ads or branded ads later on Google search. Usually the fundamental kind of building blocks for Google search are you start with like your alpha keywords, right? Or your bottom of funnel. So, you know, maybe that's sales automation or like dialing automation software. With as big as their pool is, that might be a super high cost per click. It might be more affordable than we think too. That's kind of where having the expertise to dig into the data and figure that out before the launch is important. And, you know, the steps that we usually take for our clients on our side of things. But Again, yeah, if you look at social first, there's a huge pool of people you can reach and paying for impressions tends to be cheaper in that instance than bidding on super, super competitive terms. Again, branded terms and competitor terms are another thing to look at. If you've got a big competitor that no one else is bidding on the name of, you might have a gold mine there. Could also be expensive, but again, there's a lot of groundwork you can put into finding interesting kind of pockets of of gold in these campaigns because you've got such a wide market and a great product to go along with it. Looking at their community forum, there is a lot of interesting questions there. And those are not only user questions. Those are high intent 
questions that we could look into from the paid side and also from the SEO side. You know, there is a lot of uh, uh, information that people. Unfortunately, on this area, uh, it's kind of like a black box for the average user. They don't know how it works, what it does. They just know that it will dial to the user they want, and the user might answer or not. However, think is happening behind the curtains. It's something that people search a lot, and not a lot of people reply to these, answer these questions. So those are interesting opportunities for us. I think it's really interesting. I've never really thought about it like that, to be honest, but I totally see where you're coming from there. I mean, you know, we were just saying about the the chatbot and how how it feels like maybe this is a chatbot. Well, it's an obvious question to respond to if you're going to continue in with having people say that, right? Like, how, how is this different from having a chatbot on my website? And I can imagine that people have asked that on the community forum, thinking that when they land on the page, which is a big opportunity. Now, I think about growth and marketing often from the perspective of content and organic because that's my particular skill set but justin how do you think about taking what pedro just said like pain point related questions and turning those into paid media traffic and ultimately conversions yeah it's a great question and actually i don't think that there necessarily has to be a dichotomy between the two i've always been a content as king type of marketer and i've always believed in leveraging two or three channels to promote great content. You know, there's SEO value, email value, and yes, paid media value, especially when there's such a high level of competition, high volume of competitors in this kind of space. If you've got some awesome pain point content you can put in front of people, you are filling the top of the funnel like crazy. Now, I don't want to discount the fact that typically with paid media, you want to start highest intent, build your bottom of funnel and work upwards. But Again, this is a situation where there's a lot of middle top of funnel traffic to be had, and it's easy to create better content than your competitors than to spend more than your competitors in most instances. And great evergreen cornerstone content is a good way to get people to your site. Pixel it up, retarget them later, and you've got some pretty cheap conversions. That's good. That's good. This paid and SEO working together, isn't it? Justin, we're going to move on to Pedro in a minute, but before we do, is there anything else you want to cover off? No, I think overall, Orem's got a lot of good infrastructure going for them. Again, a great website. In fact, quite a bit better than some of their competitors. Obviously, an awesome product and uh, a huge niche to tap into. I think actually just going for it and maybe improving some of that positioning and messaging will go a long way to uh, taking advantage of what they've got now and expanding beyond that later. For sure. All right. Thanks. We'll come back to you in a minute. But Pedro, we're going to move on to SEO here before we head off to demand gen. You guys are nailing it. It feels like uh, it feels like maybe you're going to finish everything that I had to say about demand gen anyway. <laughs> All right, Pedro, take us away. Where would you start thinking about this? So Justin said something really interesting. They are pretty good and they are better than the competitors when you look at the overall website. And that's something that uh, usually holds back on the SEO efforts because they might look good enough when you competitors, but they aren't good enough when you think about comparison websites or industry blogs that are more of content websites. So they don't, they end up not ranking for the best keywords. They, they are losing the opportunities in here. So uh, when I take a look at their uh, organic efforts, they are clearly not focusing on it, and that's okay because there is a lot of opportunities for the company to grow on other sides, as Mark said. They grow 300% already. 
But when you think about the type of traffic they can get, for example, when they create a structure of who is it for, so they have uh, open doors for the organic and paid traffic, or even uh, uh, looking at comparison pages with their competitors in mind, uh, showing why they are the best option, where they excel. Right now, G2-like websites or Captera are ranking for those keywords, and they are taking care of the narrative around it. The Orum team could easily take care of this narrative to their advantage. So that's something that uh, is usually overlooked by, by websites, especially when the competitors aren't so good. But it's something that we can also look into and, and find some great opportunities for the organic traffic. We uh, were big fans of the competitor comparison page at Powered by Search, aren't we? I mean, they just perform so well when they're done right. Um, and actually, we've got a really strong, you know, not to tell people to go to our blog here, we're going to carry listening to the podcast, but we do have a brilliant blog post on how we think about competitor comparison pages and why it's significantly different than other people. But Pedro, I guess my question to you is, when we are looking at, say, sites like G2 and Captera, who are like, they're significant players. How do you think about outranking those people for for terms like, you know, RM versus I don't know, close, you know, someone, some a competitor? When you think about it, they are generic websites. They are comparison websites, but they are generic. When you, as an authoritative player in that field, create a content that answers the question, you already have an advantage on searches that G2 doesn't have. So we can take a big step into this type of content when we have this, this type of uh, quality of content and the website. Uh, as Justin might also point out, when we think about the paid area, you have an advantage by being a player in the field, right, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. Especially unpaid. They're cracking down hard on use of trademark situations. Is that affecting how we think about the targeting for keywords then? It can. What I've noticed a huge impact of it is, is that for anyone who doesn't know kind of how ad relevance, I, I don't want to say quality score because it's kind of a dead metric, but anyone who doesn't know how that works, essentially the more relevant, better quality your ad is, better your click-through rate is, lower your CPC tends to be. It's still based on auction, but you tend to pay less for your clicks. The problem is with Google enforcing use of trademarked and branded terms in your ads, it makes them less relevant makes you less likely to get a click when you're already less likely to get a click for bidding on someone else's terms. And so it can drive the cost up a lot. It does help brands with their own terms to maintain that and make it not such a, uh, I guess, a competitive pool to bid on. But it does mean conquesting campaigns can naturally get a little bit more expensive than more generic campaigns and, of course, branded terms. In any case, the competitor comparison is a like a stalwart of organic. Uh, I've had comparison pages convert at 10, 20%, which is pretty wild, uh, if I'm honest. So yeah, Pedro, what else you got for us? Looking at the who is it for area, uh, I would like right now create a web page for autodialer software for call center because that's the obvious client for them. And they don't have a page like this right now. They don't have even any content regarding the call centers or even autodialer software. So if we were able to create some content directed at those pages, we can rank fast, we can convert a lot, and we can open new doors. 
Nice. That's a good checklist of things to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how does that, like, what do you, so we're saying, who is it for? Uh, we're talking about call centers and like basically building that out into what, like a hub with different, who's it for, you know, use cases and pay, and people coming off that. Yeah, that's the main idea. When you think about the who is it for, when you open the website, you might think that, okay, is, it, is this software for me? Maybe I'm looking for a chatbot like we discussed it before. And it will clearly state who the software best serves. And this increases the conversion and end up having the, the sales team not losing their time with people that just won't benefit from the software. And that's another important thing that, that, that we try to do at Powered by Search. We try to get the right client to your team so, you're, so the sales team don't spend a lot of time on clients that aren't just ready or maybe they just don't need what you are selling. Yeah, it has a huge impact for sure. Now, one of the less sexy but nonetheless interesting things that we do is we often start off with the, the kind of the technical work, right? And the understanding of how the site is performing already. Are you seeing any opportunities in that area? Yeah, definitely. As I said before, the fact that their competitors aren't so good is probably holding them back. But there is a lot of uh, small things that they should do. For example, have a proper robots.txt or even a sitemap that points to the right URLs. Those are some really, really basic things that aren't being done on the website right now and would uh, uh, help them on how Google crawl their website, how Google perceives their authority around their own teams. Yeah, I'm always amazed at the kind of the quick wins that there often are with SEO and organic in particular. And yeah, clearly it seems like there's a lot of opportunity there with paid as well. Um, I want to move on to demand gen in a second where we'll talk about kind of the messaging on the page mostly. But look, Pedro, do you have anything else that you want to cover off here? Well, I think that we have covered a lot of ground here before going into like, okay, you should do this or that. I think there is a, a lot of stuff they can do already, right? Yeah, for sure. There's, it's always the case that, or like whenever I've worked on a marketing and a growth project, like there's a huge amount of win <laughs> that you can do. Like you just take a site and you're like, I know how to improve the conversion here and stuff like that. And in fact, let's just talk about demand gen here. So I actually like the positioning here I felt was actually better than I see with a lot of people, a lot of sites and products when we start working with them. Now, it genuinely doesn't happen often that people have differentiated positioning. But what I like about RM is that like I can tell you right from there, right from their subheading. So they've got empower your inside sales team by automating the hardest parts of outbound calling, right? Now Instantly, I know, A, inside sales teams, different from just like a, a sales team or whatever, you know, and I really like that right away. But some areas that I would improve here, I'd like to know what that means in practice. So like, I want to know what size organization, what kind of industry, who's the daily user, who's the buyer, right? Because we have actually found in the past that focusing this content on the daily user, focusing messaging can increase conversion uh, very significantly because the messaging speaks to the person who's ultimately going to have like feel the pain most acutely occasionally 
And this might be one of these situations, the buyer might actually have the most acute pain because potentially the buyer is a person who's like the VP of sales, who's like really failing to meet sales targets and stuff like that because the outbound calling is actually not happening fast enough. So there's like, there's a whole bunch of opportunities there, but in any case, the positioning is good, but it could be better expressed in the messaging itself. The other question I'd ask like is what are the specific, you know, the worst parts about cold calling? Because that's something that you can latch on to right away when somebody lands on this page. We've already talked a lot as well, by the way, about live customer conversations. It like honestly, best will in the world, it literally means nothing. Instant live customer conversations. Like you can call someone up and have an instant live customer conversation, right? But like you could do that with just walking out of your office as well and just bumping into a customer like it doesn't mean anything and i'm you know that's a little bit glib as an example but it does feel like the headline on the page was actually an afterthought to what is quite a well-considered subheading and it really makes a difference the other thing here that i would do right away is i'd improve the conversion instantly by including reference to the crm that rm connects to most commonly in the hero image so right now this is actually quite an interesting hero image it's better than Again, better than many that we see because it kind of demonstrates what the product does rather than just you know showing a person looking at a computer or something. But the goal of the hero of your homepage is to cause somebody to stop scrolling and read. Now, if they saw, for example, the Salesforce logo or um, like, I don't know, Close's logo or we've got Outreach or Sales Loft or something right at the top, that would change the way that people scrolled on the page so that you'd have a better opportunity to pitch the product to them. I think like the only other thing I was going to say in demand gen Although there are, there are a lot of opportunities, we obviously have, have a limited amount of time. The page that I really, really want to see, and I couldn't find anywhere when I, when I researched, was about pricing. Now, I know a lot of people, when they price an enterprise product, they worry that someone will just come and say, hey, we'll just undercut those guys. But if, A, if you're looking for quality long-term customers, price is rarely the thing to actually compete on. Even if it's like a business model, you actually want to compete with the pain. And so people undercutting you shouldn't be a huge concern. But even if you don't want to talk about price on that page, people are searching RM pricing, presumably, right? There's going to be some search volume there. And so you want to be able to have to serve them with a page that's correct, or at least allows you to control the conversation versus... I don't know, close.com going off and saying, hey, RM's pricing is this, ours is better, because they could definitely create that content and probably rank for it because it's an open goal here. The other thing that's interesting about that industry is it is a tool where it's not so niche that there's not a degree of trust involved in it. A lot of people, they get to that stage and they're doing their comparisons. It is important for them to shop price kind of like a MailChimp situation, we all know the email marketing tools are going to work how they work, right? To an extent, not having that pricing transparency can hurt and again, be a big SEO miss, like you said. Okay, right. So we're going to just move into some quick fire suggestions. These are really quick. We've got maximum three minutes, all right? So we're going to have to nail through this list. (laughs) Um, Who are we going to start with? Let's start with Pedro. Okay. So I have two suggestions here. I already did one. First of all, is to create a tutorial-like content with the community questions. There is a lot of opportunity there for traffic, and you can create more discussions around it. 
The second one is to optimize the website for important keywords like auto diner software. Right now, uh, it's focused on instant live customer conversation. It's a beautiful phrase that doesn't say anything. And people don't search for it. They search for auto dialer software. The first thing I would do is to optimize for it at least a proper page. And you've also got uh, on the notes here, create the first two zip four page focusing on auto-dialer software for call centers, which totally makes sense as well. We already covered that off in your section, but just want to reiterate that there. Justin, what have you got? Yeah, in addition to some of the more low-hanging fruit that we mentioned before, I'd love to see a more specific competitor takedown, especially on social media. Those comparison pages you guys talked about would be a huge compliment to that. And again, you're paying for impressions at that point, not necessarily auction clicks. This audience is also super ripe for video marketing. I think anyone who's been on YouTube has, at this point has seen the Monday.com advertisements with the British lady and, the, uh, and all of the motion graphics. They're easy. They're engaging. Everyone thinks about that immediately. Um, this seems like a huge opportunity for them, and it might be a good place to start for bottom of funnel. And then a little bit more of a curveball, but uh, places like Twitter and Reddit, usually like my high, high funnel last recommendations, but... They do have huge communities of sales teams, outbound sales professionals and executives. I'd be kind of curious what it'd be like to get in front of those eyes as kind of an interesting medium confidence kind of test. For sure. Twitter is um, is a really good channel for us. We do a lot of ads on Twitter and the attribution is terrible, but the human attribution is wonderful. We often hear people tell us on sales calls or like exploring calls that they've seen us advertising on Twitter for the last six months or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a good good call. Demand gen wise, we talked about competitive comparison pages. It's such an opportunity. I would revisit the copy on the homepage. There's a thing in the video, which the How It Works video, which says 90% time saved and two to five X, the amount of products prospects sequenced, which is like, put that on the homepage. Like that's an amazing piece of copy you know, and if you can polish that slightly. The other thing I do is potentially look at, if you're not going to put your pricing on the thing, do a an ROI calculator. So one of my favorite examples of an ROI calculator that we, the one that we haven't done, we do a lot of these and they're brilliant, but one of them that's really good is IG Blade. And the reason I say that this is a good example here is because they've got to focus on cutting down manual work and scaling. They're an Instagram agency tool, which is, I didn't even know that it was a thing, which is wild to me, but they have a thing which basically says you could be saving 30 hours per month and then you can press plus or minus the number of accounts you manage. These guys could totally nail it for lead gen with a similar tool. So put it right in the hero, you know, a curveball idea here and just allow people to say, okay, like book a demo after they've seen that number and you can pipe all that stuff in directly into your CRM. So your sales reps are like ready to go. All right, guys, this was great. Thanks for keeping it punchy. Thanks for the good, the yummy content. Uh, (laughs) We'll have you guys back again soon. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with Demand Gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the Work With Us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.